Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T-52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. All right, boys, let's talk about our presenting sponsor, Fabrica 5. Oh, yeah. It's a handcrafted and artisan story with the strong foundation of Rob Isla from Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame with Hamlet Paredes, Master Blender, and Cuban Cigar Legend. Love you, Rob. They're already fantastically priced, but exclusive to Lizard listeners, they can get 10% off Con Anazo 5-packs and 25-count bundles starting right now. Using code LIZARDN6. That's coupon code LIZARDN6. What is Carlos Anzo says it? <laughs> <laughs> you can get worldwide free shipping as well on all orders over $125 US. The website is Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. That's right. The more you buy, the more you save. Exactly. And it's important to note, boys, the Cononazo is the same size. Siglo 6. Siglo 6. Can't wait exactly, to try it. From Cohibo. Oh, yeah. These cigars are crafted and refined by feedback from a hard-nosed tasting panel, the FOH community, and customers. That's How hard-nosed you. were you on that tasting yeah. panel? <laughs> yeah. I was pretty hard-nosed. You know, you are an elite insider. <laughs> Right. Did, did you retrohale? I just want to make sure you did. You can literally jump on the FOH forum right now and post detailed reviews that go straight to the powers that be. And you can tell Gizmo every <laughs> note that you got that he didn't Correct. from the retrohale. And Gizmo likes to get calls at 2 a.m. in bed. <laughs> Be part- <laughs> Become part of the FOH community today. Fabrica 5 is direct from the farm in Honduras to your hand, and they ship out of Miami, so there's no customs nightmare, which is awesome. That's awesome. Oh, Pagoda, you're safe. (laughs) Fair enough, you know. (laughs) Again, use code LIZARDN6, all one word, no space, for 10% off Cononazo, five packs, and 25-count bundles starting right now at Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. Free shipping on orders over $125 U.S. Must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Rooster, Senator, Pagoda, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some whiskey, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 108th Official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a New World cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We smoke a cigar from a Miami-based boutique brand. We discuss a pricey new release from Davidoff, plus an upcoming customer-blended cigar from E.P. Carrillo, and we debate our favorite Desert Island cigars, all among a variety of other things for the next 90 minutes. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair 10-year-aged Whistlepig Small Batch Rye Whiskey with DHVC Hot Cake in Corona Gorda. A Corona Gorda from Nicaragua tonight. It's called the HVC Hot Cake. It's a 56-ring-gauge cigar by 5 and 5 eighths inches long. And boys, this is not pretty. No? It is not a pretty cigar. Smells good, though. 
It does. It's got a lot of aroma, yeah. yeah. It actually kind of reminds me of how like a Cuban smells fresh. Yeah. You sure it's not the HVAC? <laughs> the heating <laughs> and ventilation? <laughs> it's a hot cake. It's a hot cake. You know, we haven't done actually many Corona Gorders on the pod, so when this came up, uh, on we've had a few listeners request this, and there was an option to get the Corona Gorda. I was like, this is we like this right shit. in our wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, so hopefully it'll smoke well. Size is good. The wrapper looks... Looks decent. It's nice. It's, it's not, okay. You know, I mean, it's a little rustic. I mean, I think the wrapper is very rustic. And you know how we the, normally say invisible seams? Oh, these are these visible are seams. Very <laughs> visible. That's for sure. There is a slight sheen to it, though. Yeah. yeah. Which I like. And I just really, the band, this looks like oh, a, like one of those premium seconds, like a JR cigar. Like no, this, this looks not like look something like I get a, at 7 Eleven. Yeah. All right. This is not, uh, not the nicest presentation. <laughs> Sorry. Well, this is going to be an exciting on our head. <laughs> well, let's cut so this thing, spoiled. boys. We yeah, are. we did a this Bolivar is... Corona Chagantes last week. <laughs> yeah, it's from 2016 rare. or something. It's discontinued. Ultra rare. Hey, listen, people are giving us shit that we don't do enough budget smokes in the pod. We have done a lot. We did and the, the Leva V Lancero. We did the Warp. We did so many. We this, did the Dante this cold draw is delicious, honestly. Very fruity. Mm. Wait, did, that did is Giz, really good. Did Giz tell you to cut it already? I did. He did. Okay. Who who was that? Guess. Guess. Yeah. <laughs> Bastards. Nice cold draw. Mm. Very nice. Very aromatic cold draw. Oh, like yeah. very flavorful. Fruity and floral. I'm surprised. Yeah, it's actually very nice. Mm. I'm getting like a a touch of like coffee. Uh, Maybe in the background. You I know, agree. a little a little cocoa of some sort. Definitely the dried fruit. Mm. Oh, this is promising. Yeah, this is as yeah. flavorful a cold draw as you would get on a True. cigar. Yep. I uh, I am now very optimistic. All right, boys, let's light this thing. The HVC Hot Cake in Corona Gorda. Again, it's a 46 ring gauge cigar by five and five eighths inches long out of Nicaragua. This light is making some strange noises. You're welding steel. Man, you, are on a, you are on a tear <laughs> on the pod with your lighters, man. <laughs> Last two months or so? Yeah, it's been really bad. <laughs> I think I've gone through 10 lighters. <laughs> you lost your case, too. Yeah. Oof. While traveling. It's well, unusual, it's... unusually full flavored. and Yeah, my taste buds are dancing right now. It's, it's like a blast of flavor wow. on the first draw. Can... But thankfully, it's not the pepper bomb thing that you so often get on these, on these Nicaraguans. Dare I say <laughs> garlic and onion? <laughs> Jesus. Honestly, it could be dinner that I had, but wow. That's really interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just kind of what I'm getting. <laughs> I'm getting some baba ganoush. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting pepper giz. Are you I, now? I'm getting yeah, pepper too. This is yeah. a spicy start. Not for me at Not all. Not for me. I'm not getting spice right now. Not at all. Oh, I'm getting black pepper. It is definitely. I will, I will say it's pretty smooth. It's not um, harsh in any way, but um, full flavored, medium to full. The aroma from the cigar is very robust. Oh yeah, it hits your nose like it's, it's kind of right? nice. I don't mind it. Doesn't it hit your nose? Yeah, that's coming in hot. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's like wow. black pepper in my nose. Yeah. The uh, nose, just, definitely. And yeah. I'm starting to get it now in the yeah, draw. I'm definitely I'm getting more of a pepper a thing. a lot of pepper. Uh-oh. It's like you take a chunk of like wasabi when you're eating sushi or something. You get that. On the nose, smoke? Like that smoke? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, right? On the nose, yeah. 
That's a note I always chase in cigars. <laughs> wasabi. <laughs> isn't there? Didn't we talk about? Isn't there a wasabi cigar? Didn't we? We talked there about is. that. There's a, a, a yeah, probably a manufacturer that's Long making ago. like a that's right. wasabi Gorka. Uh, with those like green wrappers they have on some of those cigars exactly so the uh the tobacco in these boys are is a uh, nicaraguan corojo 99 from jalapa and Estelia is the binder the filler is viso leaves of corojo 2006 maduro and the wrapper is mexican san andres and these cigars are made by agonorsa in nicaragua under the blending guidance of HVC, namely their founder and owner, Rainier Lorenzo, who is a Cuban national. Going to get into his story a little bit. But um, they offer this cigar in three sizes. Uh, so this, again, is the Corona Gorda, 46 by 5 and 5 eighths inches. They offer what they call a Leguito number no. 4, Petite Corona, 52 by 4 and a half, and a Leguito number no. 5, a Toro, 54 ring gauge by six inches. So this is offered in three sizes. Now officially getting pepper. Oh, it's... Uh, I am definitely getting It's pretty strong. I'm getting it all the way to the back yeah, of my throat. I mean, a ton. Mm. Now, that says a lot about Pagoda and his power alley. Oh, yeah. Now, this is not like a Cuban cigar. This is not like a oh, Cuban no. cigar at all. Which is, you know, HVC actually stands for Havana City, which is where he's from. That's what he named H-E-A-C. it. After. HVAC. <laughs> it smells a little like Havana City. <laughs> It's uh, it's named after Havana City, where uh, Rainer mm. Lorenzo is from, and uh, everything that he, all his cigars, all the names of his cigars, everything that he he makes, he names after people or places in in Havana. I don't like the band. I don't like the band either. Yeah, it, it it's it, very cheap. It is. It's awful. It looks like I said, like a it's premium awful. second imitation yeah. cigar. Like this Seven Eleven brand does not look like a serious <laughs> brand. Yeah. And for an eight dollar cigar, you would expect that, you know, that the band would be okay of a better presentation, eight right? Bucks I mean, for this? yeah, I mean this this like you said, it looks mm. like a cigar to be fifty cents or a dollar, right? You know, I wonder what goes into the naming. You have Foundation Cigars who goes all the way into history to pick a name, and then you have this, which just says hotcake. I do like his concept of naming cigars after cities that he either loves or has been in. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's I all like ab- that. It's all about yeah. it's all about Cuba. He's That's very awesome. passionate about it. You know, he came to the United States in 2008, came to Miami, then relocated to Wisconsin for work. He was not in the cigar business. Mm-hmm. And his sister was working for Aganorsa Leaf uh, in Nicaragua. And after mm-hmm. a tour of the factory and the farm and the operations, uh, he fell in love with it. And he felt that he owed it to the American market to bring the flavor of his city to the United States of America. Wow. So his intention is to bring the flavor of Cuban cigars to the United States with these, but I'm not getting that so far. No. It's a very strong in-your-face cigar. What, what's the filler again? Filler and binder? So the binder is Corojo 98 and uh, Corojo 99 from Jalapa and Esteli, respectively, and the filler uh, are Viso leaves of Corojo 2006 Maduro. I'm guessing there's no age on any of this tobacco, right? There's no age statement on it. Okay. You know, honestly, for how much pepper we're getting, I'm finding this to be a much more smokable cigar uh, than, remember that cigar that we tried? Uh, what was that one that we that you brought in? Pork one? No, 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 no. The one we ditched the episode. Oh. Uh, oh. Um, I don't remember. That was unsmokable. That was unsmokable. 
You know, this does have some what was that? smoothness to it. No, this is smokable. It is smooth. So like I said, his sister worked for Aganorsa Leaf. Uh, he went and visited the factory, met Eduardo Fernandez and the team at Aganorsa, uh, and decided to start his own cigar brand based out of Miami, manufacturing in, in Nicaragua in that factory. And that's how it started. Established in 2011. He worked two full-time jobs until 2015 and then was able to make cigars his focus uh, and move back to Miami, like I said, from Wisconsin. And uh, yeah, that's the origin story of HVC. Yeah, I will say that it's got a nice bright white ash and everyone's about a quarter inch in. Nice razor sharp burn for the yeah, most so part. So these, these have been in my tower for, I'd say, eight weeks. Okay. Six to eight weeks. That's a good That's a good. So they've had some opportunity to... To rest. To mellow out a little yeah. bit. Bring the humidity down. Mm -hmm. It's burning nicely. You know, I've never heard of these. Neither. I didn't either until the, you know, I had a couple of listeners recommend it and, you know. Cool. I went out and grabbed them because we needed some new worlds. Yes, we do. That's always the most important thing, getting listener recommendations. Yeah, and we need There's more no of doubt. Them. We oh, need yeah. more. Please. You know, we put out 50 something episodes a year. So mm -hmm. please, um, please send us cigars you want to smoke. So they have only three Vitolas in this line? They have only three Vitolas in this line. They do have some other lines, uh, but this was the one that everybody specifically said try the hotcake out of out of the brand. So certainly for someone who's looking for a spicier experience, Nicaraguan experience, this is right up their alley. Yep. It subsided a bit, though. I think in the beginning I got a huge mm -hmm. influx of, I don't know what the right wording is. English is my second language. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to say, there are flavor notes in this that I actually enjoy. I just wish they were delivered in a smoother mm -hmm. way. I feel like I would enjoy this that much more. True. So I think that's my only frustration with the cigar. I like some of the notes. I just think they need to dial back kind of the strength of the delivery. Yeah, it could be polarizing among a larger group because it is smooth. So guys would gravitate to that. And guys that don't like the pepper or some of the more bolder notes, you know, probably won't like that. Yeah. So the cigar you were asking me, it's called the uh, Stolen Throne. The Stolen Throne. Cook, that was cook, uh, crook off the crown? Yep. It crook, stole crook our hearts that night. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get very far. <laughs> we ditched it. Remember we, remember we started that cigar and ditched it? Oh, yeah. I was going to die if I smoked that. <laughs> I've completely forgot about that. I took two puffs. I'm like, there's Rooster no way. Rooster looks so upset. <laughs> weak, weak asses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. One to two a day. One to two a day. <laughs> It takes them four hours to smoke one stick. <laughs> the flavors, you know, I, I want to use the word complex. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but I'm getting a lot of different things. I'm getting a little salt, getting the pepper we're talking about. There is a backdrop of fruit that's still there. I'm getting the dried fruit. It's, it's I'm yeah, getting a little nice. leather, leather, earthy. Yeah. little, little it's like earthy. Earth and leather. I'm right. getting a lot of different flavors. I just don't like the delivery vehicle is yeah. like. It's not assembled. It feels like it's not assembled. Properly. Yeah, it's just like it's it's being thrown against the wall. Yeah, yeah you know? it needs finesse. Yeah, it yeah. just it it's just it's rough. Too aggressive. Yeah. I think it needs some age. age. It needs needs to sit for a while. By the way, there is nothing about this that is supposed to be Cubanesque, correct? No, no hope. Well, not. he he said that he'd like to bring uh, his heritage and Cuban, you know, that Cuban flavor profile to the United States. <laughs> Certainly, this is this not ain't it. Yeah, this is not it. <laughs> this not is coming like, through. No. As traditional a Nicaraguan cigar as you could imagine. 100%. Strength, yeah. ton of flavor. Yeah. There's nothing Cuban or even Dominican about this yeah. to me. It, at all. I mean, That's right. It's hard to get Cuban flavors out of Nicaraguan tobacco. Yeah. It's, it's not going to happen. I don't think so. And it's I don't tough. think that we've ever had a cigar 
with Corojo, uh, you know, <laughs> heavily Nicaraguan Corojo uh, binder and filler where we've said this tastes Cuban. Mm. I think the closest thing that I've gotten to Cuban tobacco is really, really well-aged Honduran tobacco, you know, which I've gotten in some of the FOH cigars um, that they've been releasing. And one of the ones that's coming out next year, the Bond Roberts 109 that they're making through the same factory and operation is the closest thing to Cuban tobacco I've had. You've tried it. Yeah, that's nice. that, it's incredible. We're going to do that cigar on the pod for sure. When's it coming out? I'm looking forward to that. I think it's coming out in April or May. Okay. But uh, it's really a brilliant cigar. Nice. And it's a beautiful 109 format, like, almost like a double Corona Love with that. the 109 head. And that little rounded top. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. Brilliant. But I, like, you know, I, think, I think Honduran tobacco is the closest thing I've had to Cuban tobacco. And certainly I've never said that about Nicaragua. That's quite a statement. I hope this... I hope this smooths out as we go, and and I have some hope now that it will. I mean, the last two draws I just took, mm-hmm. it was just like straight sweet milk chocolate yeah. with no bite, no pepper, and I'm like, if they could just subtract the peppery, you know, the the pepper notes out of this, I I've enjoyed the last two draws. I just don't know if this is going to stay or it's going to build in strength, which it certainly doesn't need to. Uh, I, yeah, it's very smokable. The finish is a little dry. The finish is very dry. It's the back short, of my throat. Short finish, which I don't mind. The back of my throat is very dry. Yeah. Well, that's what your uh, spirit's for. Exactly. <laughs> let's talk about that. All right. It's a little early in the episode, but uh, let's talk about it tonight. We are back to the Whistle Pig. This time, the 10-year. This is small batch rye, correct? Correct. Overproofed at 50%. Correct. And uh, we tried it. <laughs> we tried it neat before we came on air. Impossible. And that was not the move. <laughs> But now let's try it with a little ice. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Are your eyes tearing up? <laughs> I don't know what's tearing it more. <laughs> the pepper through the nose of the cigar or the uh, or the rye. But that is a mm. hot rye. <laughs> and it's a hot cake. Funny enough, very appropriate for the cigar tonight. I agree. What do you guys think of the whistle pick? So I'll say this. The nose is actually incredible. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing. I mean, I think it was um, Gizmo and, and Bam who tried it neat and uh, obviously realized that the, not to be consumed that way. And all I was doing was just smelling those. And it's just like very aromatic, like great around the holidays. Like I caramel. thought of. I get caramel on it. Totally. Nose. Lots of just dessert notes. You think like yeah. a Thanksgiving meal or a Christmas dinner or something you wouldn't have a pour right after. I put a lot of ice, much more than you put I some, ever. and then ask me for more. Yeah, that's right. And so, I think that's helped a lot. Watered down a bit. It's it's very pleasant to drink, but um, I mean, this is not something that I could drink neat or even with a big cube that's going to melt very slowly. Like it needs a good amount of water to just cut the strength. I mean, it's a hundred proof. It's a 50% spirit, so... It's insane. It's uh, it's really robust, like this cigar is. I mean, honestly, it's ironically perfectly paired. When I started smoking cigars, I used to drink this fairly frequently. It's different from what I remember it to be. In 1910? Yeah, no, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> it was tastier. It seemed smoother, uh, so they may have messed with it. I don't know, but it's a little different. They actually have a wild history that I didn't know until we picked up this bottle and we're going to do this. Whistle Pig was founded by this entrepreneur named Raj Bhakta, an mm. Indian guy. Ooh, my brother. Cool. 
The name allegedly oh, stems from him passing a hiker in Colorado in 2003 who told him to watch out for a whistle pig, which apparently is a groundhog. Uh, the guy, Bakta, never spotted the, the the groundhog or the whistle pig, but he liked the name the guy used, so years later, he just decided to use it to name the brand. Uh, but it's really odd how this started. So it launched first as uh, basically a 10-year-old bottle of Canadian whiskey that they bottled from an Alberta distillery owned by Fortune Brands. So there's not really like an American, you know, heritage whiskey story there. It actually started using Canadian spirit in a Canadian distillery. Does it say how long ago that was? Uh, that was in, I think, 2003. Okay. And then in 2007, Bakta bought land in Shoreham, Vermont, where he built a new distillery and aging facility for the brand and officially launched Whistlepig in 2010. Interesting. Mm. So it's a very new brand. So I did not realize they've only been around since That could explain the change that I'm experiencing a little bit. It's no, different no, than... Th that's... Whistlepig didn't exist before 2010. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. This is the first... 2010 uh, uh, was the first time the brand uh, even okay. existed. Got so it. what's his last name again? Bakta. B-H-A-K-T-A. Bakta. Bakta. I've never heard of that. Pagoda's getting it. angry at you. <laughs> You should know that. No, you should have bucked. <laughs> yeah, but it's Bakta. No, Bakta. You know, they always put an A, like a lot of them, with a the matra. So have you heard like that last name? Before? A disciple. I, I no. no, it means a disciple. Very cool. Red Bakta is what's Bakta? Bakta, yeah, disciple. Nice. So here's my question for you. You're saying he was buying Canadian whiskey, aged Canadian whiskey. You're buying it and aging it himself prior to. The actual launch of Whistlepig? Yeah, so he was a wow. non-distiller producer. So he was not distilling the product. He was buying some sort of 10-year-old Canadian whiskey uh, <laughs> from this distillery owned by Fortune Brands in Alberta and then bottling it under, I'm not even sure what the brand it was It wasn't called. the Whistlepig brand. Correct. It was something else. Mm. Something else. So he just got his feet wet in the industry, learned what he liked and didn't like, and then wow. built his own thing his and own launched brand. this. Exactly. Okay. That's a cool way to do it. And we, then, could, we could do that. Yeah. We could, clearly. <laughs> this <laughs> and, private label. Yeah. <laughs> Lizard brand spirits. <laughs> and then basically he hired a master distiller, Dave Pickerel, which I don't know a ton about bourbon and rye, but um, this name is very familiar. I think this guy's like very respected in the industry. Um, and then they began bottling in Shoreham, Vermont in 2009 with production beginning in 2015. Um, and then the company built a second still to distill their spirits in 2019 so the first release to the public was actually not till 2015. So this is super yeah. recent. I know who Dave Pickerel is. He's the guy who worked with Metallica to release their blackened American whiskey in ah. 2018. And he died right after. Wow. Like they launched this whiskey and then he passed away in 2018. That's Terrible. awful. That's one we should try. He was only 62, Bam. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. So he joined Maker's Mark in 1994 as the master distiller and was with them for That's 14 why years. I know his yep. name. Over his 14 years at Maker's Mark, annual sales increased from 175,000 cases to nearly 1 million. Wow. He almost 10X'd wow. Maker's Mark in his 14 years there. He yeah. knows what he's doing. This guy's yep. a legend. Legend. Like you said, he worked with Whistlepig that we're drinking tonight, was part of a group that restored George Washington's distillery in Mount Vernon, Virginia. Damn. Yeah. Also worked with Watershed Distillery, Copper Fox. Jay Rieger and Co. and Garrison Brothers. And this is the craziest thing. Remember that? Uh, the rye we did a couple weeks ago from Hill Rock, mm -hmm. the distillery 
in upstate New York yep. from about 25 miles here that Lizard did, Elias sent us. Did he touch that distillery? He became involved with them uh, as the master distiller until his death in 2018. Wow. He was wow. the master distiller wow. at Hill Rock. I can't believe how all these dots are connecting. It's amazing. Yeah. Totally I, coincidentally. I had no idea. Yeah. So yeah, how Rock. long did he work for Whistlepeg? It seems like he was a consultant there then. Because it, not not at first. No, no. He he was the master distiller when Whistlepig launched. And then over time he left at some point. And the crazy thing actually about Whistlepig that I was very shocked about, because the whiskey industry generally is a very male-dominated industry. But apparently Whistlepig today, their lead distiller is a woman named Emily Harrison. Really? And their chief blender is another woman what? named Megan Ireland. That's very unusual. Two of the most important jobs they have. Uh, there are two women that hold them. That's great. It's really amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, wow. You know, it's crazy. So Dave Pickerel, he actually was involved in Whistlepig in the early days when they were bottling in Canada. Wow. It says that he was the master distiller who introduced the company to its initial stock of Canadian whiskey and then helped design the company's first blend once they mm. moved to Vermont. So wow. it seems like his career trajectory went from working at Maker's Mark and being super successful and then kind of moving into a, a pseudo like master distiller mm -hmm. consulting role. Small batch. Small batch. Small batch. I'll work with you for two, three years, get you going. I'm going to move on to the next thing. Nice. Right? I mean, that's what well, it seems like. He was a mercenary yeah. to a degree. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. Dave Pickerel like, touched a lot of the, the spirits that we've tried and um, I actually have a bottle of the Metallica whiskey for us to try as well. There you go. Blackened whiskey. Nice. The question is, do we like his product? No, well, I'm just kidding. I'm going <laughs> to sing every Metallica song during that episode. <laughs> Can we play Enter Sandman to like start drinking it? <laughs> Enter Light. <laughs> what about the cigar that Metallica guy? Uh, yeah. Came yeah, the Drew Estate. James yeah. Hetfield. I haven't had it. I haven't heard much about it mm. since they did the launch. It's got like a black, really dark wrapper. I think it's also called Black, and I'm not sure, but we could try that at some point down the road. So a few other just fun facts about the company. So Bakta, who I was talking about, founded it. Apparently, the Whistlepig board members attempted to remove him from the company in 2016, accusing him of fraud and mismanagement. Uh, they changed the leadership structure, but he, Bakta, stayed on as founder and chief steward. He sold his shares, though, and fully exited the company in 2019, so wow. he no longer owns it. Wow. wow. Um, another interesting thing. Rooster Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Rooster will appreciate this. Um, in 2022, the company released a non-alcoholic whiskey which uses its six-year-age piggyback rye. We need to try that. We have to try that. I never heard of that. It's crazy. I wish McCowan would do that. Oh, that'd well, be amazing. It probably be great? tastes like shit, but it would be, <laughs> yeah, exactly be nice right. in theory. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how good some of the liquors are because they have a lot of, they have tequilas. They have, have you ever had any non-alcoholic spirits? I have. They, I mean, you they, have? They use really? them in mocktails. The okay. only one I've tried is uh, a non-alcoholic tequila called Ritual. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Senator uh, was doing like a dry January and so had gotten that. It's not bad. You know immediately that it's not real tequila. It, it doesn't even pretend to be, but it just has like a slight agave-ish note to it and like a little bit of like a spiciness to it. Um, it's okay, but it's not great. You could not drink it neat. It, it has yeah, to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of made for mixed drinks. Okay. Correct. So, All right. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked that you know this is making me really want to do a deep dive on Dave Pickerel. Like this story is really really intriguing. Uh, by the way, it says that he died on November first, twenty eighteen, of hypertensive heart failure. Guy was uh, married with four kids. That's awful. It's terrible. Sounds like a great guy though. 
Also says that he advised over 100 distilleries after he left Maker's Mark. What kind of life that was, huh? Can you imagine? Just, I mean, the guy's that's brilliant. Incredible. I mean, honestly, he must have made a lot of money. That's how you get paid, right? I mean, yeah, you yeah. just keep building these companies. You don't stick right. around for the whole thing, and yep. you just, or I mean, he must have been racking up. Love well. it. He must have an amazing palate. You know, yeah. yeah. Taste and, uh, I would think so. Yeah. Incredible. So what do you guys think of the uh, Whistle Pig as it sat here a little bit? I, I'm finding this to be an appropriate pairing tonight for the cigar. I still find there's a little bit of a strange bite that I get from it. It's not super smooth, but it, it does taste pretty good. So I'll just say this. Just load it up with ice like I did. Yeah. I'm serious. Once yeah. there's a lot of ice in it, it's actually very enjoyable. I have a lot of ice in mine. It's very, very good. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I need some more ice. Yeah, same here. It's good, though. The great, the flavor's great. I'm still, I'll get caramel and a slight vanilla note on it, Yeah, honestly, in the front. I just like that for a rye, there's no spiciness to it, which really helps with this cigar. It does. And um, yeah, the flavor notes, I mean, even watered down, it's still robust in flavor. Mm -hmm. It's just the delivery is the problem, but Isis at least helps solve for it. It does pair almost perfectly with this cigar. Agreed. Almost perfectly. How, how many of you really have rye neat or with ice? You know, I, I like I like I typically I'll have rye, rye like in, uh, yeah. in a cocktail or something, but except for Angel Envy rye, I I find it very difficult to. I personally rarely drink rye. Same yeah. here. Yeah, I don't drink it neat ever. If it's in a mixed drink, which I rarely order. True. I you know I'm I'm very rarely drinking rye. It's mm -hmm. really when we're having the podcast and pairing it with a cigar specifically. But I don't have anything at the house. You know, any rye at the house. But I'm I'm sure like there's a community who likes to drink it with a oh, cube absolutely. Ice or there there is. I mean, there there are whiskey drinkers I've met who prefer drinking rye neat or with a cube than they do bourbon. They mm. say that it's so much more robust in flavor that the bourbons are too thin, too light for them. Too sweet, maybe. Yeah, too sweet. That's yeah. exactly right. This is drier. Mm. Um so I get from a flavor profile standpoint, the appeal here, it's just that these ryes seem to be, for the most part, like much higher in proof that just makes it hard for me to enjoy neat or even just with a little bit of ice. I can put hair on your palm. Yeah. <laughs> so typically bourbons are distilled in Kentucky, you hear a lot. Right? Yeah, that's Is right. there a certain area that ryes are it's a good question. out of? Like a, yeah. I mean, I know New York has some... Uh, yeah, that's right? true. I mean, it is weird. It's interesting that you say that because, I mean, there's still tons of rye that are made in Kentucky, but for some reason, it seems that like Vermont's prominent rye distillers are more in like the northeast, northeast east, east coast. yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know what it is about the. Well, don't forget the when we talked about the, the soil. Don't forget when we talked about the Hill Rock. They were saying that you were saying when you were talking about the history of New York, this you know distilling that it was. I think they were producing. New York State was producing at one time over fifty percent. He's right of the whiskey in this That's country. Right. So yep. it must just be a heritage thing that yeah. it was just happening. Obviously, the the core of the United States when it was first founded was the Northeast. Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of sense that you know that's kind of it's rooted there. Yeah. And this came out of Vermont, was it? Yeah, Vermont. Yeah. yeah so that, that makes a lot of sense. Ben and Jerry's and Whistlepig. Mm. <laughs> Great combo. So you know what? I, I was just uh, looking at the difference between a bourbon and a rye, and it says a bourbon must be made from a mash that contains at least 51% corn. Yep. And that would, you know, the explain the sweetness. Yeah. Yep. And uh, whereas rye, meaning, and rye needs at least 51% rye. Hmm. 
hence the dryness. And uh, the rest of it can be composed of other grains like barley, wheat, or malted barley. Yeah, I'm also glad we're trying this because I know we did the whistle pig, the the six-year yeah. piggyback, they call it. That was awful. That was undrinkable as far <laughs> as I was concerned. This I actually, like, if someone poured me this and hopefully had, you know, a lot of a ice around. A bucket of ice, thanks yeah. to you. <laughs> I mean, I, I could drink it, you know, very easily. It's, it's really, it's, uh, there are, there's a lot to enjoy about it. How much is the bottle? It's about 60 bucks. Yeah, that's what I paid. 63 bucks, maybe. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I think Total Wine has it for us uh, for 60. Yeah. Something like that. No second or third drink. Excuse man. me, sixty nine ninety nine. Oh wow, wine. that's expensive. Seventy bucks. It's very sought after. It always has been. It is. And this was the first product that they ever made and released. It was the the ten year rye. They also have a ten year private rye barrel select, which is one hundred and ten. Jesus Christ! So it's another forty bucks. I guess it just comes out of one barrel as opposed to. Uh, who several. drank this and said, "You know what? This needs more strength." <laughs> I mean, come on! How could you possibly this think is, this needs any more uh, no. alcohol? Uh, Jesus! No. There's probably a, a whiskey podcast out there drinking this, going, "You know what? It's a little weak." Yeah. Oh yeah. A little weak. It could use a little more. Yep. I will say also, I'm kind of surprised. They really, they have a lot of products, Whistlepig, which I didn't know because I feel like the only thing you see on the shelf is like Whistlepig 10-year rye. And then now I think that piggyback six-year is a more recent product of theirs. But they make, um, going now above the 10-year, they have a 12-year old world cask finish that's finished in uh, Port and Madeira barrels. They have a 15-year uh, estate oak rye, an 18-year double malt rye. Wow. The Boss Hog, which is a single-barrel, barrel-strength rye that they released every year in a new numerical edition. So it's like a limited uh, edition. And then the oldest one that they've ever put out, which was released this year in 2023, is the 21-year Beholden single malt whiskey. Oh, wow. my goodness. I wonder how much that is. Only 18 barrels were made. Apparently, it has oh, a lot oh, of floral and fruity notes. Very cool. Wow. I'm sure that's like 400 bucks. Yep. Yeah. So, boys, back to the cigar for a second. I'm actually finding as we're getting, you know, we're into the second third here. I'm actually finding it to yeah. smooth out. I'm getting a lot more sweetness. Yep. Um, the pepper's kind of taking a back seat now. Uh, and I'm I'm enjoying it a lot more. Pepper's gone for me. Gone. Completely gone. disappeared and... I agree with everything you've said. It's the only good. thing I don't love about it is, I think Rooster was saying earlier, I don't love the, the smell dry. at the burn line, which is, still for me as a cigar smoker, is very important to my smoking experience. I'm constantly smelling the foot of the cigar. Not getting the wasabi effect at this point, though. That's But that's it's just, it's not pleasant. Yeah. It doesn't align with the, yeah. the actual draw of the cigar for mm -hmm. me. We've experienced that on other cigars. The aroma's still kind of strong, though, on the foot. A bit. Yeah, it hits your nose. I was just going to say, if the finish wasn't this dry, that would really help the cigar. I think you're right. HVC has a few other lines. Their website, by no means, it's it's by no means robust. Uh, but they do have some other lines. They have the Pan Caliente. They have the HVC Selección Number 1, which is a callback, I'm sure, to the Juan Lopez famous uh, Havana brand. They have that in a natural and a Maduro. And they have the Hot Cake Golden line, uh, the sister <laughs> cigar to this. With a Connecticut wrapper, so I'm assuming that's a little bit more Mellow. relaxed. Are those yeah. wrapped in yeah. gold foil like some Cubans? I mean, <laughs> I, this is just Four bands on it. So pan caliente is means hot bread. 
I this thought you were going to, when you were beginning with that pot, I thought was gonna, you were going to say pancakes. <laughs> pancakes and hotcakes. Hot that, that's coming up. <laughs> with maple syrup sweetness. So the founder of HVC, Ranier Lorenzo, as I said earlier, uh, I just want to read a quote. He was talking about HVC's mission uh, being to preserve old Cuban tradition, which he says is no easy feat. And he says, quote, whenever I create a blend, I want to evoke a conversation piece where each brand takes you into a different story. And he says that every cigar he makes must pass his number one test, which is that he would smoke it every single day. For how long, I wonder? That's a good question. <laughs> and this I like. That we're all going to love this. Uh, he says, with a wink and a nod, he adds, I don't like big cigars. Aha. Uh -huh. Which obviously, you know, lines up with, with our, his offering and, and, and our and choices, our preferences yeah, in general. Yeah. I mean, how many new world manufacturers are releasing in their, you know, a Corona Gorda as the primary Vitola in a line. Not it's not happening. No. You know, I'm a just lot of Toros. Say, this guy's heart is in the right place. Mm -hmm. Right. The idea, but the idea execution is, cool. is just not very, there. I'm sorry. Very like, true. To sit there and in any way suggest that there is anything Cuban-esque about this is just ridiculous. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, there's just not, uh, honestly, there's not one aspect of this that reminds me of any Cuban cigar, period. Does he only use Nicaraguan tobacco in all the cigars? At this time, aside from the Mexican San Andres wrapper. Right. Um, I you mean, know, the, yeah, the blend. Yeah, the blend, the, the, the manufacturing is all done in Aganorsa, in Esteli. He's, you know, everything's out of Nicaragua. So, you know, I like you said, I, I admire his wanting to deliver that, but... Um, unfortunately, the source material and the aging is certainly lacking, trying to line up anything that comes, you know, close to a Cuban cigar profile. Yeah, I think using some Honduran uh, tobacco would help. Or primarily Honduran. Bring it closer mm, yeah. to the Cuban-esque flavors yeah. that he's kind of trying to achieve. But even with Honduran, you still need to age it. Yeah. Sure. You know, like... You know the the guys who are doing the FOH cigars and the Mofo and uh, and the the Bond Roberts, I think that Honduran tobacco is four or five years aged. Really? Are they, are they using yeah. only Honduran or Dominican? It's, there's there's a blend of some other things in there, but it's uh, I think primarily Honduran. Wow. Yeah. Also, to smoke this every day, I'm sorry. Who's smoking this every day except maybe Rooster? <laughs> No. I mean, this Pagoda. is so full. You can't possibly want this every day. It is a tough one to take down each day, no doubt. Along with the whistle pig. See, I, I don't mind smoking full cigars. Yeah, course. I don't mind the strength. It's just I don't like the dryness of the cigar. Mm -hmm. It could it could be full. It could be like a like a Padron ninety eight is a very full cigar, okay. but it's. You know, it's not edgy. It's not. It doesn't have a dry finish. It it's has a much more refined it, cigar. It's than refined. This, of you get you get that you get that cocoa sweetness also with the with the strength. It's a padrone. It's a padrone. Yeah. But I think you know, aside from it being padrone, it's also just aged. Mm -hmm. You know, significantly. Yeah. You know, four, five, and ten years in their lines respectively. I mean, that's a lot of time on tobacco to rest before it's even rolled. So. Uh, Senator was mentioning when he was talking about uh, special releases from Whistlepig. We have to talk about, because this is a pretty popular line, the new uh, Davidoff Year of the, which they release oh, every year. Our favorite. The, the Chinese <laughs> New Year. This year is the Year of the Dragon. It's the 12th edition, which comes with a really wild box, and, and there's also accessories available that you can purchase separately. It's beautiful. At the Davidoff They always look nice. They do. Always look nice. 
I know we've, I, I want to talk about some of your experiences with them in the past, but the reason why I bring it up tonight is because they've also decided to, with the year of the dragon, which is the limited edition 2024 new blends and attractive accessories to celebrate the Chinese new year. Uh, they have gone crazy with the prices. The cheapest cigar in the, in the new line is going to be somewhere around 70 bucks. It looks like, Oh God. And you know, they're offering limited availability of it. It, it came out about two weeks ago. I haven't wow. seen them yet, or I haven't seen anybody tasting them yet, but you know, for the cutter, by the way, the cutter that you can buy with the year of the dragon, 530 euros. No, thank you. So 600 bucks. I'd rather get a DuPont. I mean, it's just like, I don't understand why we're, we're rolling leaves of tobacco, you know, and the same thing goes with Habanos with Cohiba and Trinidad, but you're charging 90 bucks I mean, for, this it's is crazy. A, it's a gimmick. I what, mean, what size is the cigar? They, I have, I don't see the sizes here. Petit so, Corona. Like, <laughs> I could have sworn I read it was a Churchill. It looks pretty big. It looks oh, like a I Churchill. I could have sworn right. I read it's it. It looks Churchill. like a Churchill. Well, yeah. it would have to be for that price, right? But still, for that price, it's crazy. Which yeah. I was intrigued when I read because we love the late hour Churchill. So I'm like, I know Davidoff knows how to make a Churchill well, mm -hmm. but seventy dollars is just ridiculous. You know, it just kills me. It's stuff like this. I've obviously shit on the Davidoff brand plenty before. But we've had so many surprisingly good limited releases from them over the past year. I mean, you think of like the Millennium. Uh, Dominicana. The, the Millennium. The Lancero. Lancero yeah. The yeah. Dominicana. The um, the Signature or the Number Two. The Number One. Uh, number One. Yeah. Uh, limited Edition. I love that cigar. They've, they've done actually a pretty nice job. And so I've kind of backed off and said, all right, you know what? Davidoff's putting out some good stuff. And the price point on those has all been around like 30 bucks. That's right. Which feels reasonable for how great the experience is. But then when you just put stuff out like that, like this brings me right back to feeling like I hate this brand. There's no reason that that cigar should cost $70. They yeah. just came out with the anniversary cigar. Yeah. That's like $64 a stick. It's insane. It's stupid. So yeah, I, I did get some more information as you guys were talking. The format is a double Corona. It's a 50 ring gauge by seven and a half. It is intriguing though to want to try that. So the MSRP, it looks like it's, it's like I said, it's coming out. It looks like it's about 600 bucks for a box of 10 <laughs> pre-tax. Okay. So you're what? paying 60 pre-tax on that cigar. Now, this is the wild one. There's various formats of it. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. So the year of the rabbit last year, how much was that cigar? I think it was like 60. It was also 60, 65, if I'm not mistaken. They, they used to be all like 50. 40, but let's 50, not say that price does not include tax. Bro, that was a much smaller cigar. This, I'm not going to say it sounds like a deal, but wow, the pricing is just outrageous. It's crazy. And I want to talk about a few of these. By the, the way, the, <laughs> I have to share this. The Davidoff Year of the Dragon Masterpiece Humidor, limited edition 2024, comes with a custom humidor Wow! and 88 cigars. Do you want to know how much that is? 88. God knows. 49,000 bucks. Yikes. $49,000? $49,000. That's all for today, and I'll see you tomorrow. So that puts who needs the price. A, who needs a car when you can get a $49,000 humidor? <laughs> that sounds like a great use of money. I mean, this is just so silly. I bought my son's truck for less than that. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's just absurd. 88 cigars, which prices the humidor. Obviously, the humidor has some value, but prices are around 500 bucks a cigar. 25 pieces worldwide, limited to 25 pieces for 49000 somebody, somebody will buy them. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Asian market will go crazy for those. Like I said, the cutter is 530 bucks. I don't even want to smoke a Davidoff after hearing this. Yeah, it's awful. Guess the ashtray is $490. This ashtray. This is, this is, I mean, it's, it doesn't even it's look obscene. special. It looks just like the uh, obscene the is a very good way to put it. With last obscene. The, obscene. Yeah. That's obscene. Mm-hmm. $500 for an ashtray? For that? It's ceramic. Hey, does it clean oh, my boy. ash every time the ashtray's full? <laughs> I mean, this is absurd. <laughs> so Horrendous. I had, so let's just go back into this this line of cigars. Yeah, so this is the 12th year of it. So I know you guys have, I've actually never had a Davidoff year of them. I've Not only had them. two. The year of the snake, which was way, way back, which I happen to like a lot. And last year's year of the rabbit, I had two. Zero yeah. flavor. It was the year of the tiger, year of the dog. Yeah, there's many more. You had the year of the tiger. So I had the tiger. Um, I got actually at uh, the Blend by Davidoff Lounge in Houston. That's right. You mm-hmm. talked about and that. And I great. paid 54 or 56 bucks for it, and it was a complete waste of money. That's right. It, yeah, I mean, the, the irony of that cigar is so literally the wrapper is striped like a tiger. Right. Ah. So they thought this was like so clever. We're going right. to charge 50 something bucks because we could stripe the wrapper like a tiger. By the way, I can buy a barber pole cigar for like $4. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Handmade. <laughs> and so um, I just remember it was not really robust in flavor. It was very just disappointing and unsatisfying. So I didn't enjoy that at all. Um, I've had the Year of the Ox, which was a large ring-gauge cigar. Yeah, had that too. The only thing that was nice about it, I mean, it's a large ring-gauge cigar, so yeah, it put out, it was a chimney. I mm-hmm. mean, tons of smoke, and there was a bit of a creaminess to that cigar, which yep. I liked, but was it worth 40 something dollars at the time? No. Is it something that I wanted to pursue more of? No. Mm. So I just have always left disappointed with these Year of Cigars. I will say, though, those the Year of the Rabbit, I let... I bought three. I smoked two right away, and I didn't like it. But the third one, I did. I left it in my tower for a year, well, less. I had it, and I sent you guys photographs at my in-laws' barbecue. T- it was actually pretty good. So I think if you let them sit for a while, they acclimate. I think they get better. But I think that's a sixty-dollar cigar, if I'm not mistaken. That's and no Davidoff, value. No Davidoff value. should be putting out cigars that are one hundred percent ready to smoke. They've been around. So long. Well, which they do on their on their standard production right. cigars. Yeah. So why? Which are excellent. Half to a third of the price. Right. Of course. Right. Did you mention the other night uh, that you have some of the Oros? I, uh, Opus X. Yeah, Oro no Oro. Oro Opus X. The yeah. Oro Blanco is like a $500 per stick no, cigar. Yeah, I got like eight of those, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, you mentioned the Oro. I didn't realize it was the yeah. Opus. Yeah. One of our lizard friends here, you know, he was an Opus guy, so I told him I've got a tin of three. He said it was okay. We'll try it. So yeah. overall, have you guys had any wonderful experiences with these specialized Davidoff releases? Pretty dude? average. So, dude, did you try the Oscuro? I really enjoyed that one. That one's that was, a good that, cigar. That's, that's, not a Euro. Euro. that's not a Euro. No, it's not. It wasn't a Euro, but it was a very limited edition. It right? is. Yeah, I've had it. That's a super full cigar. It's a delicious cigar. A buddy of mine went to Geneva to get a couple of those boxes. He had business to do. He brought back four or five boxes. I had one a month ago. Excellent cigar. Excellent. Yeah. I remember that. Can't being even really get good. them though. You can't, can't get, get them. them no. no. I, I don't know. I had a different experience. Is I, that right? I also had that cigar in Houston at that Davidoff Lounge. Um, maybe I just wasn't looking for that experience at that time. I mean, <laughs> I don't know of a single Davidoff that's super, super full. I don't ever worry when I'm picking up a Davidoff of any kind. That's going to bite that your it's head gonna, off. Exactly. Yeah. It's not yeah. even a thought in my mind. That's the one cigar that I vividly remember lighting up. 
And I was sitting there like, whoa, this is putting out like Padron 90th level, mm-hmm. like intense flavor. Um, which closest. I don't know. I just didn't love coming from Davidoff because that's just not what I look for in their brand. So it just, it was mm. odd to me. That's true. The Dominican is probably one of the more fuller flavored Domin- uh, Davidoffs that we've but had. But that delivery is so smooth. It's right. excellent, dude. The tobacco is what, 10 years aged almost at this point? Delicious cigar. I mean, I know they're starting yeah. to, to 2013. Get, they're starting to get harder to find. And that, you know, that's probably as far as Davidoff special releases. I mean, that that's that's a phenomenal cigar. It's also twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's it's twenty bucks. The value, the value is insane. Yeah. It's insane. And then one of the better limited editions that they have come out with is the uh, chef's edition. Oh, oh the chefs! Oh, are the, we yeah. love the chefs. Can't get those. And even that is yeah. like thirty nine, forty dollars. Right. The for, a Cre- church, for a church, for and a church, church, which is a good value. Yeah, that was a Churchill. Yeah, great cigar. Yeah. That we did that very, very early on in the podcast. I mean, yeah, probably yeah. episode high, four. High, very high rating. High yeah. rating, and oh, I yeah. still, I still have those, and I don't really pull them that much. That was they're in gone. The nines. High, high that, nine. Yeah. 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 That was an excellent cigar. That was a great so, night. So yeah, I don't see anybody, even people that I know that smoke a lot of Davidoff. I don't ever see people celebrating aside from when it's a new release and there's that buzz around it mm-hmm. which i'm sure there will be with this in the coming weeks as we get into the holidays but you know i don't see people going wow i've had the this this davidoff i need to get more i need to get more no. it's always boiling down to the more reasonably priced arguably a little bit more available limited editions that they're putting out and their standard production and the standard production of course yeah. i mean the millennium lancero is a great cigar which we did that on the podcast, right? We did. Yeah, we yeah did. that yeah. was great. Yeah, the Pyramid as well. The Pyramid, of course, standard production. That's it's probably standard. the number one cigar they have. Yeah. The Late Hours, of course, we love. Oh, yeah. But, you know, to see them putting out cigars, you know, very aligned with the Habanos pricing model is very disappointing. You know, very, very disappointing. Because, you know, when I, looked at da- when I look at Davidoff prices, what I'm seeing is there's a price related to quality and consistency mm-hmm. and, and a smooth delivery of aged tobacco. When you're seeing that price triple and quadruple, it starts to get into the gimmicky. Big time. And it, it starts oh, yeah. to affect my judgment of the entire brand. Yeah, but look, if you're going yeah. to pay $100 for a Cohiba Lancero, you're going to pay $80 for a Cohiba Robusto. Mm-hmm. Why can't Davidoff charge $70 for a very limited release? It, because it's not as good as either of those two cigars. It's just uh, not that good. Might, I, I, would argue here's, I, would, I would argue here's why not. Um, most of Davidoff sales have got to be the U.S. Yep. I mean, would this not be probably their biggest market? I don't probably. see as much Davidoff in Europe. It's certainly not in Asia. No. It's all Cuban dominated. So if you're trying to compete in this market, and this is a market where you can't buy Cohiba Lanceros, you can't buy any of these silly price, you know, Cohiba or Trinidad cigars, the market you're competing within, there are not cigars priced at that price point. No, there aside, is not from, one, aside from Opus. There's not one Padron that sells at $70 a stick. Not one. Right, yeah. So I just think like it's completely mismatched with like understanding like the new world market here that they're trying to compete in. I don't think for anybody they're sitting there saying like, well, I pay this uh, for some other cigar, so why not that? And and the problem is the people who are doing that, they're not buying Davidoff. Like people in, in Asia are not walking around with a bunch of Davidoffs. Like, sure, they might buy the Cohiba Robusto or the Cohiba Lancero, but they're not gonna they're not gonna pursue a cigar like that. No, absolutely not. So I just don't get the marketing strategy. Like, it mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense. And I just think, like I said, I think it throws the rest of the the brand out of whack. You know, and it's like you know the other thing with Cuban cigars too is 
aside from the legality of acquiring them in the United States, there is also a severe scarcity worldwide for those cigars. And we know that the Asian market and, and the entire world, not just the Asians, the United States too, all of us are, you know, people are vacuuming up Cuban cigars because they're just not as available as they probably should be or could be. Davidoff doesn't have that problem. I mean, Pagoda's been buying limited edition uh, Dominicanas for years, 18 months. <laughs> I love those. Yeah. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> you know, so it just, it, to me, it doesn't validate I'm that price I'm kind of curious with the, with the Habanos, with all the Cuban cigars, what percentage of Cuban cigars actually end up in the U.S.? I think you'd be surprised. I think it's a pretty high I number. I think it's a very high number. I yeah. agree. We, we give the Asians a lot of shit, but we're to blame as well. Yeah, oh yeah. You know? Here in the country, in, in the states, and do we're you, paying do, a premium for them too, especially the ones that are already here. Right? Do you think it's forty percent, thirty percent? I don't know. I, I, you know, I can ask Rob Isla, see mm. what he says if he has an idea, but I, I don't know question. what those numbers would be. Yeah. What's your Plus guess? Your, I have a guess. I'm curious what you guys think. My guess would be twenty five percent. I would say I would I'm say a little 40. higher. I'm at I would 40. say around forty. My guess is thirty. Yeah. Yeah. What's Could your be? guess, Pagoda? Yeah. So, yeah. Around oh. twenty to thirty percent. It's it couldn't be more. Yeah. Well, yeah, just the, the reason why I'm coming at twenty five percent, I think that's the safe number, because you, you just don't see a lot of people. You know, when you walk into a lounge, you walk, you're talking to people. Even for us, a few years ago, mm -hmm. it was foreign. You know, we're we're it was we're relatively new to this. That's true. You know, only a few years before the podcast. I know some of you guys have been smoking a lot longer than mm -hmm. that, but collecting at the volume we have and diving as deep as we have, certainly with the podcast. You know, is is a relatively recent thing, last few years. Most, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I think the only reason I say it's probably twenty to thirty percent is because when you're buying Cubans, you're typically buying boxes. Yeah. Right. You're buying buying a couple of boxes, and I think over here in in the U.S. market, when you're when the average person's buying cigars, they typically buy singles or singles five or five or five yeah. packs or mm -hmm. tenors. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, uh, you know, I like to frequent as many cigar shops on my travels as possible. I don't ever remember anyone smoking a Cuban cigar in any of those shops. Yeah, any of them. Yeah, you know, it's you true. don't, you just don't see it. Yeah, it's definitely an underground community. It is, and that we're, we're bringing to the surface, hopefully, a little bit. <laughs> we collect and we hoard <laughs> privately. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually getting better and better. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking it. It's you improving know, as you go the, through it. Coming to the end of the second third, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm I'm very satisfied with the cigar right now. It's not blowing my socks off, but I'm I'm not wanting to put it down. No, it's not harsh in any no, way. It's totally like fine. It was early on. What do you guys think? It's definitely gotten better, but it's still just too much for what I would ideally mm -hmm. want out of this cigar. Right, and I kind of agree with you uh, that the smell of the smoke is just. Aroma. The aroma, it's it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. It's pungent. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. But it's, clearly, it's a it's a well made cigar. Great combustion. The room is full of smoke, and I don't think any of us complain about a plug cigar here. No, I actually like draws you know, nice. Like a good Corona Gorda, it has a slight bit of resistance for me, mm -hmm. and I, I like that. No, but it's a new world, you know. That's new true, world, so. we typically don't yeah get true. plug cigars anyway. Uh, yeah, it's very rare. Yeah. How how much is this? Eight bucks. The value, yeah, yeah, but still, there's so many other alternatives. Uh, well, um, yeah. you know, we can discuss that. I think when we're raining, if I'm stuck on an island and someone hands this to me, 
You're still not going to be smoking this. I will smoke this. <laughs> so I want to talk about another new release, which is kind of uh, the opposite of what we just talked about with Davidoff. I, I really like this idea. I'm curious what you guys think of it. E.P. Carrillo, we've done a lot of their cigars on the podcast. They've created a new cigar uh, that they're releasing three blends of to then be boiled down by the smokers of those three blends to choose a consumer-approved release of a cigar. So what they're doing, they're calling it Escapade, and you're getting a pack of three cigars, each with a completely different blend, all in the same size, a 52 ring gauge by six-inch Toro. And then what you do is you smoke all three, and then you go online and you vote on it. You mm. give the comments. And then in 2024, they're going to release a limited edition EP Carrillo based on those you know, customer feedback, which I don't think I've ever seen that before, like in a wide, yeah. you know, a wide... Uh, it's very interactive. Wide net. Pulling your customer base in. It's pretty cool to give the customers that choice, right? <laughs> I don't know. That can go both ways, I think. Sounds gimmicky. <laughs> no, but I'd still recommend the Pledge of Allegiance if they really need to do something. Yeah, just do that just, in 24. Just do, yeah, please. That was America. Great Make some more. America. <laughs> I, I will say, I think it's brilliant marketing. I mean, you're telling the consumer that they're going to get to choose and decide, and so all these people that are fans of EP Korea are going to go out, and they're going to buy all of them and try them and submit feedback. So, like, it's a great way to move product off mm -hmm. the shelves. I have to give them credit. It's That's very true. smart. That's true. So Ernesto Perez Carrillo says he's excited to work on these blends because he felt challenged to create a mild cigar that perhaps he's not known for. Kept in mind what beginning smokers are looking for in a cigar, while at the same time staying true to the complexity our current smokers enjoy, you know, current E.P. Carrillo smokers, uh, wanting to offer them an alternative to their regular lines. So uh, the blend details that are being disclosed uh, are the wrappers. One is rolled with Nicaraguan Corojo 99. Uh, the second is Ecuadorian Connecticut, and the third has Ecuadorian Habano. And then each cigar comes with a different colored band to distinguish the three that you can then vote on. But I, I don't know. I, I like the idea of a manufacturer saying, you know what? We trust our consumers. We appreciate this relationship and the trust you've put in us all these years. You know, obviously consumers have really celebrated them. They've won how many awards with Cigar Aficionado? Yeah. You know, say what you want about that. But I just I think it's a very very cool thing. They're now they're allowing a thousand consumers to uh, to vote on this, and then that cigar will come out next year. Wow, pretty cool. Yeah, so they're capping it, so the race is on. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you want in, you got to get in. Yeah, got to go buy them. So Bam said something I want to talk about because that actually ties into a conversation that uh, Senator and I were having with uh, one of the guys at the lounge the other day. You mentioned Desert Island, mm. and I'm curious. And we can play with this a little bit. I'm curious what everyone's desert island, you're stuck on an island. It's the only cigar. You can have one Cuban and one New World. All right. Oh, well, that's different. One Cuban. We had a debate because I wasn't given that choice. We're <laughs> going to do one Cuban and one New World. That's the you're only. You're going to get break tonight. <laughs> oh, this is much easier now. Yeah. One Cuban, one New World. And you can only smoke each of those for the rest of your life. You're that's stuck cool, on an island. It's a cool question. So right. I'm curious what they are. And I'm, I, I would challenge, I, you know. D4 Exclusivo, those are, those are pretty obvious. We'll see if those end up being the, uh, the two choices for most of the guys here. But um, I'm curious. Let's, let's start with the Cubans. Let's go around the room. I want to know, uh, what is your desert island? You can never have another Cuban cigar. This is the last one you'll ever smoke every the day. LGC MDO number two. La Gloria Cubana. About, Discontinued about 10 years ago. What a great ago. choice. Great and, choice. Uh, for New World, it'll be the Davidoff Chef's Edition. Wow, the 2021. 
The first edition. The 20, first one. 2012. That was, that was the best one. Wow. The best so chef's that, edition. Was there have been the three now, right? 1910 edition. <laughs> second, second, second one was horrible. So that was like in the... Uh, 12? 40s? No, no, no. 40s. Well, I want to say maybe like 2012, That's, 2013. So why, uh, why each of those? Why are they the two? Well, the LGC MDO number two, it's like, it's just what my flavor profile, what I look for in a cigar. It's, it's, it's got so much flavor. It's got, it's got floral notes. It's, you know, it's just an awesome cigar. Yeah. You guys have all had it. Of course. We love that know, cigar. It's a great cigar. Very unique. Yeah, and the chef's edition. I mean, the first and the third edition of the chefs were fantastic, and it was it it was such complex and uh, an amazing cigar. I wish they would make that into like a regular release. That kind of that blend. Impressive choices, I must. I say. I was honestly surprised you said the number two, because I thought you liked the four better than the two. I I like the two I, better. I do. The four is actually a little bit more floral, mm-hmm. but the number yeah. two gives you the floral. With the little bit of strength and oomph to it, yeah. So it it's like the best of both worlds. That's right. I agree. I love the two. Yeah, great choices, Senator. What are your two? So mine are very easy. I mean, the the D four was my wedding cigar. It's always been my favorite Cuban cigar. The it 80th. always will be. The eightieth. Well, no, no. So, no. What? Oh my gosh! This is, this is what's <laughs> shocking. This is what's tough. So the, the next, Oliva V Lancero. The, <laughs> <laughs> he is smoking a lot of those. I smoke them daily now. I won't lie. There, that's an excellent cigar and insane value. But he wants to change his rating. By the way, yeah. uh, okay. No, we'll, we'll do that I, later. I should, we'll in fact. Later. But um, on, on Padron, I mean, the 80th for me is the best cigar they make. I even put that ahead of the 50th. We obviously talked about that on our hundredth episode. Um, but I have an emotional attachment to the Exclusivo. Sure. That's what like drew me into Padron. I give that cigar so much credit because all these years later, as much as I enjoy an 80th and a 50 year and all these other cigars they put out, like that Exclusivo still puts a smile on my face every single time. So the memories I've had with that cigar, how it just really brought me uh, that much closer to the cigar world, uh, it's definitely an Exclusivo for me. Now, why this question was harder for me to answer when we were talking about it at the lounge was uh, the person who asked it said you can only pick one. So I had this kind of very perplexed look on my face because choosing between those two cigars. He was D4, in pain. When I tell you, I mean, he was in It's like choosing, pain. you know, one of your children. Like that's like a very yeah. hard, you know, question to answer. So my first, I said, well, can I ask a question? And he's like, oh boy, here we go. And I said, my only question is, can I, I said, uh, can I control for wind? And I ask that because if it's windy on this island, a D4 is never going to smoke as good as an ex, as a Padron is. I mean, we always joke a Padron, you can smoke in a hurricane. Like, that's the one cigar. It doesn't matter how windy it is. doesn't matter what the weather's like. You're always going to still get an enjoyable experience. You smoke a D4 in heavy winds, I mean, you're just not going to get the flavor the same way. It's not going to be wow. as enjoyable. Hopefully, it's hopefully, a hypothetical situation. It is, I mean, but hopefully you build yourself you, a hut. That's what I'm saying. You control the environment. <laughs> you got to build desert. a hut. Yeah. <laughs> well, my we can hu- make my hut su- building skills are, let's just say, <laughs> not uh, not all that sophisticated. You'll have to learn. <laughs> now, if I have some cash on me there and I can hire someone to build a hut. He'll be there with us. Bam no, will be well, there. I'm going to need 100 grand to be able to do that with, uh, <laughs> For a hut. with uh, our resident lizard architect here. <laughs> a she shed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there bamboo on the island? <laughs> I can string that up pretty good. <laughs> but those are definitely my two. All right, pagoda. Wow, you know those are really, really good choices. Uh, yeah, and as you know, I've really loved the exclusive and the D four. I love it. But 
My two are simpler now. Uh, I would do the 898 and... Uh, Spartacus 898, okay. And, and the Dominicana. Ah, yeah, so you love that. You yeah. love that cigar. I just have really been enjoying them. And the 898 with the experience on Roos's deck when he handed me the first 898. Well, we we remember that night. That's when Bam didn't like the 898. That's true. Fantastic. And that wasn't the only time. My stomach is now turning. <laughs> and then, and then we had it at true. the lounge, uh, you know, uh, when we were hanging out uh, yeah. uh, with uh, another buddy of ours. And uh, it's uh, it's just always been an experience which I've really, really enjoyed. Cool. And Dominicanas have become my staple day to day. And you smoked that in the Robusto, right? In the Robusto, yeah. Mm. So this, that's kind of weird because I think we might have had this conversation a long time back. I think so. Too. I and think I, we did about a year and a half. Yeah. And I think ago. it was yeah. D four and exclusive at that yeah. point. <laughs> Things but, change, but man. It, but it tells you, yeah. But those those are right up there, you know. Mm-hmm. So more for me. All right, Bam. Desert yeah. Island. What are yes, your sir. choices? So th- you're going to be surprised in my Cuban selection because I've fallen in love with this cigar, Schwa Supreme. Yes. Wow. Wow. Absolutely Look correct. Look at that wow. call out. El Rey Del Mundo, Schwa Supreme. How did you know that? I know you, Bam. You know things. I know, Bam. And for my new world, it's the Davidoff Pyramid Millennium. For me, I get the best of both worlds with that combination. I get the woody, coffee, slight leather with the Millennium and all day fruit notes and floral on that schwa. I get the best of both worlds for me. That's awesome. I love that we've all had different ones. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been cha- I've actually been kind of challenging myself. I don't want to do a repeat. Yeah. So that's why I kind of threw out D4 Exclusivo. Let's go. Right. Dude, dude, that schwa for me has Sh- just evolved. Oh. We, you, Hen- uh, Lizard Henry and I, all three of us had one of those to start our night. day on. Yeah, the other day uh, on, on when we were here for football on Sunday. And man, it it was so good. Bro. It's the best starter cigar I think in my it's humidor. It's so flavorful and satisfying. You can I could really just have that and another, and I'll be done for the night. Yeah, I could do two back to back. Great they're cigar, just, they're just delicious. Okay, so I think mine are going to surprise you guys. Maybe. <laughs> um, uh, can I guess? <laughs> all right, you can guess. What do you think the uh, What do you think the Cuban is? Mag forty six. Cohiba Lancero. Very close, but no. The Cohiba Robusto. R- nope. The um, oh, Esplendido. N- yeah. What? Jeez. Nope. The Cohiba. Really? Siglo five. Mm-hmm. I've been smoking more of those over the last ninety days, hundred twenty days than any other cigar I have. You're, that means you're a baller. Well, I have some when we were in Cuba. You you're, know? you're still a baller. But yeah, Cohiba Siglo five would absolutely be my. Wow. I love a you know I love a Dalias a, a, a Lonsdale. Yep. Um, I think that that cigar is really perfect for my palate, and, and certainly like Pagoda said, thinking about where our palates were two years ago, where my palate was two years ago, mm-hmm. even a year ago. And how I've fallen in love with the flavor profile of Cohiba, um, it's it's that's such a brilliant cigar. When you get a great Siglo Five, yeah, I don't think it can be beat. I haven't had many of those, honestly. The price point's prohibitive, and well, we're on a desert island, Bam. Give me a break. Oh, that's true. Dollars don't equate here. Exactly. Love it. And then um, I think this is hard because it, I do waver between the Exclusivo. The uh, the Padron 80th. The Warped. The Padron 50th. <laughs> uh, but I think I'm going to go with the Padron 80th, and you know, the 80th from the 1926 line of Maduro. Incredible choice. You know, we had this debate, as Senator mentioned, on the 100th episode about like our favorite Padrones and 
wear the 50th anniversary rack and stacked against Sounds the 80th. Sounds like someone agrees with me. <laughs> the same thing I said on that episode. For special occasions, I don't think the 50th can be beat, but I think if I were able to smoke that the, the 80th cigar mm-hmm. every day, that would be my cigar. I, every time I smoke that, I get an incredible amount of satisfaction. Yeah. The Exclusivo, no question, phenomenal cigar, mm-hmm. but I think I'd go with the 80th. Yeah, incredible. So then I guess the only other question I have as far as Desert Island goes. Well, is, next is Death Row. <laughs> <laughs> We're going the Because wrong I have a different voice. choice there. <laughs> That's where I would take the 80th because you only get to smoke that one cigar uh, one last time. Uh, very smart. We're on the Holy Desert cow. Island. I can keep smoking these cigars. Yeah, he did say on his deathbed he wants that 80th. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> So the other question I have for you guys, as far as one spirit to have on your desert island to pair with your cigars that you just chose, I think for Rooster, it's probably going to be a, a Jura. Michelob Ultra. Uh, flat white. A flat white, a double <laughs> espresso <laughs> maybe. You would choose coffee, right? A non-alcoholic whistle pig. There you yeah. go. There you go. Yeah. Senator, what would your uh, spirit be? To go with your D4 and your Exclusivo. I mean, it's probably a Macallan 12 Sherry Cask. Not a Champagne? That's the easy one. No, because... Only pick one. Exactly. The thing, the Champagne for me, it's um, it's like a great start to the night. Yeah, but think of the desert. It's hot. Yeah. Chilled bottle of Champagne. I just need something more <laughs> robust. Especially I'm on an island stranded. I need something that packs more of a punch than champagne. Yeah, does. you need to inebriate yourself exactly. when you're alone. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I think it's the McAllen 12 uh, Sherry Cast. But the only reason I just sat there and thought for a moment is like the other thing that I would crave that was in the back of my mind is like I'm Don't enjoying so much cognac now. Yep. Like yep. the Remy 1738. I mean, I reach for that now honestly more than I do McAllen 12. But there's the, it kind of goes back to why I picked the Exclusivo. There's like that nostalgia and that attachment I have to McAllen 12 Sherry Cask. That's usually what I would pick up with a cigar after like a yeah. um, a good day. I have so many good memories drinking that spirit. So mm-hmm. it would be McAllen 12 Sherry, but in the back of my mind, I'd be thinking about that. What if it was a cocktail? Oh, that's easy. Paper that's plane. Paper plane. Paper plane. Oh, yeah. As long as he's making it. All day, every day. <laughs> Pagoda, what's know, your pairing? We know what he's going to pick. Of course, it's Balvenie Twelve. Balvenie Twelve. That's it. All right. That's a that's a the Balvenie Twelve Doublewood. Love that. Keep it simple, you know. Yeah, man. Bam, bam. So I am between a Remy seventeen thirty eight and a Covassier XO. I would probably lean toward the Remy. For me, very tasty, sweet, goes great with the schwa. I'm surprised that none of you went the direction I'm going with my permanent spirit what kirkland nope <laughs> it's gonna be it's, nope don julio tequila don julio. oh no what, chevis it's chevis <laughs> that's not nice bam all right <laughs> the ocean is your sink it is no plumbing chevis pulled through the fingers and you'll be there to help me <laughs> so i'm going with a cuban rum oh i forgot about that i'm Son- going with a cuban Son- rum santiago santiago de cuba 20. 20 years. Yeah, good great choice. choice. Santiago 20. One. Very good choice. And I think, you know what I, I love about that? Because I was mm. I was thinking about the cognac. I was thinking about Mac Mac 12. I was thinking about Balvenie. I actually even wrote down originally the Balvenie 21 port with it that we did on the episode 100, which I thought was a brilliant spirit. It's just yeah. so damn expensive. As I was thinking about pairing with that Cohiba Sigla 5, something to drink every day, the Padron 80th, the Santiago de Cuba 20. 
It's an incredible spirit. It's it is such a brilliant. It really rum. is. No right. ice, and you're on an island. You don't need ice. You don't need ice. All right, or a desert. Yeah. <laughs> Rooster <laughs> Whatever. Even, Rooster even likes the non-alcoholic version of it. Yeah, non-alcoholic yeah. Santiago so, Twenty. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so, boys, we're in the last third here of the HVC hot cake. What are you guys thinking? Well, it's a hot cake. It's hot. I, I mean, it's pretty damn good. I will yeah. just say to validate what a number of you have said, it's much better in the second half than it was the. It does improve, which is surprising like, for Nicaragua. I'm, I'm smoking this down. I'm right at the band now. Yeah, it's actually flavorful and smooth. The last inch, it's easy to smoke, and it's gotten better. Yeah, for eight dollars, that's unusual. Yeah, I think it's a pretty, pretty good cigar for eight bucks. I don't think I'm gonna reach for this again, which I think all of our ratings will reflect. Not even for the morning. Not even for the morning. Rooster can have mine. Uh, you know, but I think for listeners out there who, who you know, like a more full cigar, certainly a more full Nicaraguan, a lot of smokers love that Nicaraguan spice. Yeah. And I think for eight bucks, I think this might be a cigar in their wheelhouse. It's just not really in mine. Yeah, and this would be tough for a, a beginner smoker. Yeah. It's got a lot I would, of them. I would go for the Padron, like, like a 2000 series. Over this? Sure. Over this. Yeah, agreed. We love it's, that it's cigar. It's probably in the same price range. It is. I would yeah, yeah right? it is. I would think so. And that rated well with us. Eights, I believe. Yeah, it did well. Yeah. Yeah. Padron makes a great cigar, man. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you, you know, this guy is not making his own cigars. He's blending them. So you're at the beck and, you know, you're at the, the will of the manufacturer. You're kind of at the, you know. Yeah, I mean, his, his story is really cool. Like what he's trying to achieve with Havana and stuff and Cuba in general. Like trying to come up with cigars to kind of based upon that but the flavor's not there it's yeah. not cuban-esque yeah so, i right. wonder whether he smoked cuban cigars in cuba <laughs> i agree i mean there's nothing cuban about this at all true yeah i don't even know if he was in the, the cigar industry in cuba or was like you said like a smoker i don't know if he just fell in love with it when he you know was in the u.s and he went to see his sister in nicaragua i i'm not sure but i think someone pulled a rooster prank and put a cuban band on a nicaraguan cigar and he's like this is what i I can do it i need to emulate this all right boys you guys ready to do the uh the ratings on our pairing tonight yeah all right let's do the uh formal liquor rating on the whistle pig 10 year small batch rye whiskey bam you're up i'll probably give this a seven mild recommend drinkable tough at the start without ice but bearable okay Pagoda. You know, I'll go with the seven as well. Uh, the thing is with ice, it was definitely drinkable. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I keep asking myself, if I were to have a bottle of this, I would still use it to mix a cocktail. Having said that, I don't want to pay 70 bucks for a bottle of rye when you can get bullet rye for 35 or 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think a seven is a reasonably generous rating. Senator? I'm, I'm also at a seven. Um, I mean, I'm honestly surprised you guys are at a seven because hearing words like bearable, I mean, it, it does yeah, not it, really, it's not a, I know. It's not a ringing endorsement. Yeah. Was, yeah. Now um, I can take words back. I can't take ratings back. Well, <laughs> bearable is a little harsh. It is harsh for this because I did kind of like it. Would you look at that? Bam yeah. is making a retraction. This I, is the second time this week. Is That's this true. where we're going to go? Oh, well, you is just it? teed it up way before I planned it. <laughs> what you dove hell? headfirst right into that one. Yes, it's, it is. I take that word back, but I I liked it. it it's good spirit. Seven's a good so, rating for this. For the listeners, so I can somewhat exonerate myself as I attempted to change a rating and, in fairness, did not ultimately change it. I 
did stuck with the group, kept my rating. I didn't Bam, change. Bam on the other hand. Bam on the other hand, who is a <laughs> proud <laughs> proud Jets fan, said when the uh, the Jets uh, a few weeks ago played the Giants, which happens once every few years, every four I four think. years, correct, and we're three and zero. Said that he was going to cater lunch at our lounge, correct. For that game, that and was now, said hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. I am not going to let, let him finish. finish. Let me finish. And so immediately when he said this, Gizmo and I called bullshit. We're like, "There's no way that Bam so you, is going to do knew it. it, dude." I, no, no, I, no. I skipped. I skipped breakfast that day. <laughs> yeah, right. As did yeah. most of the members at our lounge. Yeah, I was hoping for like a nice. There lunch. was almost a mutiny that I day. I looked right at you and I asked you if you had lunch. You said yes. I did because I knew you weren't going to bring anything, but the rest of them didn't know you as well as we do. I wish you sent me an email or texted me like, well, Bam's not going to come through, so I would have eaten something. Correct. I'm very accountable. I apologize. I would have made an appearance. So Giz and I immediately call bullshit, and then Bam doubles down. He says, no, I'm dead serious. I'm bringing lunch. I'm going to have it catered. I did not double I'm down. I'm doing it. You absolutely did. You said it twice. That is a fabrication. You, you said it twice. That's Bam, a fabrication. We told you you were full of it, and then you're like, no, I'm not. I'm seriously going to bring this. Your corroborator has no credit. I did not double down. And, and I'm sorry, but you admitted this in text. We had this same conversation, and then you were like, okay, I did, but I retracted. That's exactly what you said. <laughs> yes, I did retract it. I did. I said it. Thank you. Okay. Case closed. I retracted my casual comment. Casual comment. Casual. Us not saying, double down. Us saying no. I didn't double down. Us no. saying no. You're not going to bring it. You saying I'm serious. I am going to bring hold it. Hold on. Let me. Was my it, old friend. Was it based? Hold upon on. I have it? a question from my very old, dear 1910 <laughs> friend. Very old. <laughs> really emphasis there. <laughs> Did I double down? Were you he, there? He wasn't there. I was there the first time when he mentioned that he's going to cater lunch. Oh, well, there you go. He but heard it you too. Said, well, yeah. yeah, I didn't yeah. eat breakfast. I said yeah, that. in passing because I was excited it was with the Jets playing passing. the Giants. Yeah, that was last Monday. No, I was excited. No. None I of had... us asked you for it. None of us brought it up first. My emotions you, on were your high. own. Only decided. Thing, only thing I don't remember is did you did you say if the Jets win? No, no, that's yes. what we were clarifying. That's exactly no, what I said. I don't think no, that's what no. I said. We clarified. It all sounds of this. good. <laughs> <laughs> You're so full of. But now that Jets did win, <laughs> yeah. no accountability here. No well, accountability. You know what? You can make it up. I did. And we can do Jamie's dinner. On Correct. I really. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Now that we're talking perfect. rooster. You're buying Jamie's. Excuse now we're me. talking rooster. Excuse me. <laughs> I so I made another promise. This see, one I'll follow see up. See how much money you would have saved if you kept your word, Bam. This is what accountability teaches. Correct. Let's, you're right. Let's just go. Let's I just said, keep the first promise. Hold and on. Then we'll work on the second if one. If the Jets make the let's, playoffs, I said. Oh, after we playoffs, go. come on. <laughs> Stop it. Here, you guys, we're going to be on a desert island very soon. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but I do think Jamie's is a great solution. I agree. I agree. Yeah, right. we're, we're doing Jamie's. You're buying. Okay. One other guy can go with. <laughs> 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 Who's it going to be? We'll raffle it off. <laughs> Oh, all right. So everybody on the formal liquor rating boys so far has rated it a seven on the whistle pig 10. I'm also going to rate it a seven. I think that's a perfect score. I'm actually surprised a couple of you guys didn't go eight based on the conversation, but I think seven is a great score for it. That makes the formal liquor rating on the whistle pig 10 small batch rye whiskey, a flat 7.0. It's a mild recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. I think for 70 bucks, I think worth I th trying. I think the price is factoring in there. You know, I, I don't think it's great. And I think with, Honestly, I think it was actually the perfect pairing tonight for this cigar because with a Cuban, with some of the other more smooth, I guess, uh, Nicaraguan or Dominican cigars that we smoke here, I don't think that this is a proper pairing for a cigar. 
I agree. It would yeah. have seared your taste buds. I mean, you would not be able to get any of the flavor out of a Cuban cigar drinking that. But I, for this, it worked well. I, for this cigar, it did work well. All right, boys, are we ready to do the formal lizard rating on the HVC hot cake in Corona Gorda? Hot pancake. Rooster, you're up. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to give it a generous seven. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that I'm going to pursue, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's not bad. Maybe it's in somebody's wheelhouse. It's not in my wheelhouse. I mean, I need a little bit more. And there's a lot of other cigars that are in the same price range or even lower that satisfy me much more. So I'm at a seven. Senator. So I'm also at a seven, which reinforces perfect pairing. Both of these, at least I've given a seven. The thing I'll say with this cigar is similar to what Rooster said. It's it's not for me. It's not something I would pursue. It's not even something if someone gave me another one that I would want to smoke. But for someone who pursues a very, very full, bold, robust cigar, I can understand why this might appeal to them. I would almost call this like a poor man's 90th in mm-hmm. that like a 90th, which is obviously a lot more expensive than this. What's that, like 25? Yeah, 25, 30 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, so saying, like, you're talking the Padron 90th in Maduro. Right? That's right. Which comes in the red tubo, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. And so, you know, for someone who wants a ton of flavor like that cigar delivers, but at a budget price point under 10 bucks at $8, this is not going to be as nearly as smooth as that cigar. But if that's what you're chasing, a ton of flavor, I mean, I guess I can see why someone would pursue it. But again, for me, um, it just doesn't, it doesn't check enough of the boxes and I think the biggest disappointment for me, honestly, is just hearing the description of what the intent is behind this brand that is just so divorced from what this cigar actually way, delivers. Way that off the mark. I, yeah. that, that's, it's frustrating for me. It doesn't make me want to try more of the brand because I don't think they understand the product that they're putting out. This is nothing like a Cuban cigar. Like I would buy into this brand story if it were more about like bringing bold Nicaraguan flavors to the consumer. That's what this suggests to me that this brand's about. I mean, we have had cigars that where the manufacturer has not really gone after the Cubanesque flavor, but it has kind of delivered a Cubanesque flavor. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, and this hasn't. So for me, it's a six. And I'll tell you why. It started at a five for me, as we've talked about. I, you know, the, the first half kind of was up and down. And I think, honestly, if it, if it finished, the way that it started, if this, the first half was as good as I thought the second half was, which mm-hmm. I think was about a seven the second half, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a fair score. I So th- I'm averaging out there at a six. I think six is the right number. Um, the price is good. I think any more than that, I would be beating that rating you know, even lower. But six all day for me. Pagoda. I'm uh, in your camp totally because uh, it's a six for me. Um, what I found was uh, that uh, the aroma was very unpleasant for me. For a lot of it, I think I got a huge, whatever, like a pepper kind of flavor, like a very spicy pepper flavor in the beginning of the cigar, which kind of really got my throat. Did not enjoy that experience. It did develop into something which was very smokable towards the second half. Um, but it still didn't do enough for me to go and say, hey, listen, I'm going to go and buy this keep it in my humidor, or even smoke it, really. Uh, so it's it's difficult for me to uh, give her a, a seven, which we consider a recommend. So I, w- I, w- I would rate it as a six. Bam. Um, I, I think a seven is a fair score for the cigar in a positive way because the second half 
actually the 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 final two thirds were creamy and smooth and really rich and robust. It's a mild recommend. I think a seven is very fair score for this guy. So the formal lizard rating, boys, is a six point six okay. on the HVC hotcake. Yeah, I think that's the right score, that's and fair. I think I think that points to Pagoda saying, "Would any of us really recommend this cigar?" No, soft recommend it. I don't know. But Senator made some good points. There are he people did. out there that really like this type of a cigar, this flavor profile, and honestly, it ended really strong. So the it, the the parting experience for me was very positive. For me, a six is too low the because of I'll, that final experience. The thing I'll say at this point now, having put it down a few minutes ago, finishing it as we were getting into the ratings, I don't like how my mouth feels right now. Okay. I was just going to make a comment about this. So, I agree. Yeah. It's funny. I wasn't consciously thinking of that until we kind of went through the room here. But like, as my mouth is sitting here right now, like it, it's leaving that kind of taste in my mouth that I can't remember the last time I had that. It's just kind of... It's dry. Is it dry? Is it lingering in a poor way? I don't know what it is, but it reinforces my six, and it reinforces a formal lizard rating of 6.6. It's just... I just don't feel great right now Hmm. in my mouth. I I mean, I I know what I'm experiencing right now. For me, it's not that it's left like a bad aftertaste as much as Rooster was saying this a lot as we were smoking, and it's like really rang true for me as I've now finished the cigar. You kept saying how dry this cigar finishes, and it's like so dry that the back of my throat feels <laughs> like I haven't drank water in like ten hours. Yeah. And as soon as we stop recording, I want to like guzzle a bottle of water. I mean, this it's brings you dry. to the desert. It, it does. Means, yeah. 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 Very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Rooster. It's that dry desert yeah, air. It's the, dry dry desert. the dry desert air. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be that. <laughs> Just smoke the cigar and you're there. <laughs> well, what's good about deciding what cigars we're going to have on our desert island is that before we get to the desert, Bam is going to take us to Jamie's for a final right. hurrah. And I will give you these cigars. <laughs> no. <laughs> As <And> your parting <laughs> gift. <laughs> we will smoke it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just get us there. All right, boys. I thought the pairing was very appropriate tonight. I think the ratings reflect that. I think the whistle pick 10 at a 7.0 lines up, you know, right, you know, flavor wise, right next to the HVC hotcake cigar tonight at a 6.6. I think that actually worked out pretty well yeah so how does this thursday work for you bam not good (laughs) friday i'll see you in the new year (laughs) so the other thing i want to say too before we close out is we did do the whistle pig six year on episode 35 which is quite some time ago it got a 6.8 so just a little bit below this 6.8 that that was a very generous score for that oh sorry this is better than that spirit way better Yeah, so this is a flat seven. That was a six point eight. Uh, your certainly, six has ruined it. Certainly, you know, <laughs> prices, prices, you know, yeah. prices factor. How much was that well. bottle? Do you remember? I think it was in the thirties. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. forty maybe. Reflected yeah. the quality. All right, boys. So that's it for tonight. Great conversation, and we'll see everybody next week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website, loungelizardspod.com. That's loungelizardspod.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.